Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Lord, we thank you this day. Lord, that our roots run deep, that we are rooted and established in faith by your Son. Lord, we thank you for sending him to be the one that we would hold fast to. And that more than that, Lord, that you hold fast to us, even when we fail to. As we gather around your word this morning, we would ask that you break it small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. The lectionary over the past couple weeks has blessed us with the opportunity to dig into Paul's letter to the Colossians. And as we pick up in our reading today, Paul writes very poignantly to the people in Colossae. He reminds them, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Or to say it another way, you have not been given a passive faith in the Spirit. Simply having someone say that they're a Christian does not simply make them one. We don't get to check that box on the census report and then just go about our daily duties and never actually contemplate what that means as it applies to our life. Your baptism is more than an overcoat that simply covers up all of your sins. In fact, it's something new. It is a new creation, a new identity. You are something new. So therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in Him. In the Lord of the Rings, there is this great scene where Mary and Pippin, two of the hobbits, they go to an entmoot, this council of old trees, and it is the coolest scene because what follows next is amazing. And they go to plead their case that these trees, these incredible forces of nature that are as old as the earth itself, would intervene on their behalf in the affairs of Middle Earth. Now at this point, in orthodox kind of Tolkien reading, the movie diverges a little bit. Because it takes some convincing 
For them to actually go and see the destruction that is being done. To no longer stand on the sidelines, but to actually engage in what is happening in the world around them. But it takes them seeing how broken the world has become before they intercede on someone else's behalf. In matters of faith, we tend to stand on the sidelines until it's something that encroaches our level of comfort and then then we become active in our faith and we suddenly feel the need to defend God's honor. Well, how dare you say that about my God? That's heresy and that is absolutely offensive. Why would they care? They're not Christian. And the first time that you take an interest in the argument is when it suddenly becomes a stance that you can actually push, puff out your chest for. But where are you every other time? We are given freedom in Christ. To no longer be held captive to what prevents us from action in faith. Paul goes on in verse 8 and says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. We are called into action simply by placing our feet where His have already trod. To go where He has gone to actually love the people that He loves and by following where He leads. But the nature of spiritual warfare is such that The closer we come to the cross, the harder that the devil works to pull us back away. To afflict us with despair and doubt. To instigate conflict in the relationships of those that we love and those that love us. So keep your head about you. Paul says, do not be subject to the teachings of this world. Do not allow yourself to be misled and led astray. But in fact, keep your head about you. You are called to know what you believe and to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have in Jesus. So hold fast to our head without surrendering sound conviction in Christ in favor of popular reasoning. Hold fast to Christ as our head as He gathers us together 
as his body. The Apostle Paul explains this as such where one member of the body suffers and thus the whole body suffers together. If I stub my toe, my finger is still going to know it. If I have an ear infection, it's going to affect my balance across the rest of my body. Every single individual member of the body has an important and unique role to play. And so when you're not here, we miss you. We grieve your absence and we look forward to your return, whether it is for a weekend or a season or whatever that might be. Perhaps that means that you have strayed for much longer or know someone you love that has. We all have a role to play within the body. Where one member suffers, we all suffer together. And when one member of the body is honored, we are all honored together. Yet in all these things, Christ is our head. So that when we are challenged with things like the elemental spirits of the world, human tradition, empty deceit, that we are not disqualified going on about asceticism that departure from reality and actually removing ourselves from the world so that we can be set apart untouchable puffed up without reason by sensuous mind In all of these things, Christ is our head and he is the one that tells where we should go, how we should live, and who to follow. There is no room for a mob mentality or hive thinking. So how do we gauge? How do we gauge the truths of this world versus the truths of the next. Well, it takes a bit of work on our part because we are called to test what we are told against the truths of Scripture. To allow the Word of God itself to be a litmus test on what is true and what is false. But see, the biggest challenge to overcome in reading the Bible... Ready for it? (laughs) Cracking open the cover. Seriously, this is the hardest part. You crack open the cover and then you start to read and then it's like, well, I don't know what that word is and who's this guy? And whoa, I cannot believe he just did that. And then stay tuned a few chapters later because God's going to use him to do something amazing. But see, the reality is is that we were never intended to read Scripture on our own. 
See, this is why it tells us that Christ is our head and we are a body. That as we gather together as church and we engage in the truths that Scripture speaks, that we do it within the body, within the fellowship, the communion of saints. That you are not alone. Because you have a place, a unique role within the body of Christ and within our fellowship. Many times I've stood before you and I have reminded that our job as a church is to walk with broken people through really hard stuff. But that means that in doing so, we're actually called to make disciples, that part of the Great Commission, by actually being present. And that's hard. Because it means that we are there for the best and the worst of times. Paul writes and reminds us, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. In other words, these are the old laws. These are the laws that Christ came to fulfill, not to abolish, but to fulfill. Because our victory in Christ guards us against our own worst enemy. Rules that are black and white, like don't touch this and don't eat that. These are the easy boxes to check. In part because they don't demand a change to our core identity. But loving someone enough to set their needs above your own, even when and especially so, when your life is broken and you've been hurt, perhaps even by that individual. And you who were once dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You see, all the right boxes have already been checked on our behalf. We who weren't good enough, strong enough, enough of whatever that was required have been reconciled and our debts have been paid. See, this is where we kind of circle back to the beginning where Paul talks about how we have been rooted and established in faith. I love trees. I think trees are some of the coolest, 
phenomenas on the planet. Because they adapt so well to their surroundings and to the soil. And you can pull a tree from one place and plant it in another. And it may not grow there because the soil isn't right or it's not rocky enough or it gets too much sun or not enough. But that when everything lines up and God allows this tree to grow in this kind of like insanely perfect way. The rain can crash against it. The waves can beat against it. The wind can blow. And yet, most of the time, those trees have roots that hold them fast. Hold fast. As we have been held fast in Christ. So that we take our task to actually engage. To wade out into the deep waters, to reach out without fear of drowning. To honestly trust and believe that in all things, in all ways, God always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.